Hello and welcome to Talking Talkies. My name is Benny. And my name is Meenal. And we're your hosts this week and want to thank you for joining us. So, Meenal, first episode of Talking Talkies. How do you feel? Well, I'm excited, Benny. And I think, I hope we are going to be regular with this one and try <laughs> and <laughs> talk through our favorite movies, not so favorite movies. And hopefully listeners will chime in and tell us which movies they would like us to cover. So fingers crossed. I'm excited. <laughs> Good. And same here because we've been talking about this for a while now for about a doing time. a podcast <laughs> on movies and eventually even TV shows, you know, yes, like specific not? seasons of TV shows. But for now, we're going to just do movies. And it really came out of this desire to just talk, talk with someone about the movies that we True. watched. And <laughs> especially when we have had so many thoughts and feelings on it. Like you just want to like, you know, bend someone's ear and be like, Hey, this is what, I, you know, just captured my attention and my interest and all of that. So I'm really glad that this, uh, we have this podcast now finally. Yes, and uh, the hope is that eventually uh, we can get guests on um, to talk about their movies and be more interactive, get the listeners involved as well. Uh, but Hey, we're getting the ball rolling today, and I'm excited about it. Yes. Um, I do want to mention to our listeners who are wondering, do we really need another movie podcast? Uh, <laughs> what I'll say is, <laughs> listen, this is the premise of the podcast, you know, in a nutshell. Our goal here is to revisit classic movies from around the globe. So it could be Indian, Hollywood, British, Korean, whatever, you know, any movies that we've seen that we found interesting and we want to talk about. Um, and so at least one of the hosts would have had to have enjoyed the movies that we're talking about. And then we try to answer the questions, what works, what doesn't, and how does it hold up today? Sure. And so that's what we're planning to do. And a word of caution, and this will be the tr same for every episode that we do, there will be spoilers ahead. So we highly recommend you first watch the movie we are going to discuss, then listen to this episode. We can wait. Yes. <laughs> All right. So to start off talking talkies, it's a very special movie for me, and it is La La Land. All right, so for the two or three people who have not watched La La Land before, <laughs> including Mino. Uh, here's, hey, I watched here's it. A... I corrected it. <laughs> well, now you have. Now you have. But not till uh, I asked you if you did watch it. Um, but for, for those who may not be too familiar with La La Land. Um, so this movie, uh, a 2016 movie, uh, it's a romantic musical film written and directed by... Damien Chazelle, starring Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. So this film, when it came out, was a commercial success. It received critical acclaim, uh, with particular praise given to the screenplay direction, uh, the performances of Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, 
the musical score, the musical numbers, cinematography, and production design. Uh, it won a record-breaking seven awards from its seven nominations at the 74th Golden Globe Awards, uh, 11 nominations at the 70th British Academy Film Awards, winning five, including Best Film. It also received a record-tying 14 nominations at the 89th Academy Awards, winning in six categories, including Best Actress for Emma Stone and Best Director for Damien Chazelle. Uh, in the process, uh, Chazelle also became the youngest winner at age 32. So as you can see, Which it's amazing. <laughs> very, amazing. very impressive numbers. <laughs> very impressive. I always have this hesitancy that overhyped Oscar winning films are not to my taste. Okay. So mm -hmm. I did wonder how did a rom romance uh, movie get so much hype? And I said, oh, I'll watch it. I'll watch it eventually. I never ended up watching it. But when I was now going through the list of awards at one, especially that bit's really stood out is Chazelle winning it at 32. That's amazing. Yeah. A lot of careers don't start at 32 in filmmaking. <laughs> so really brilliant. Uh, I think, I, and you can see it. You can see the novelty in the direction, which is one of the things I mm -hmm. really liked about the movie. Uh, so I'm not surprised, uh, honestly. But again, my my disclaimer is to the audience. I don't, I haven't watched the movies it was competing against in the year to give a comparison whether that was well deserved or not deserved okay so i, I can't tell you <laughs> but i liked <laughs> what i saw <laughs> i mean we'll get into a little bit more detail about the movie itself like how and why it received all these awards and recognitions because there were good reasons for it uh, but let me give you the synopsis very quickly so la la land is a story of an aspiring actress named mia and a dedicated jazz musician named Sebastian, who have a few chance meetings in the city of Los Angeles. And while the pair pursues their own dreams in a town known for dashing them, the two begin a romance. However, as each one finds success in their own way, they're faced with decisions that pits their love for one another against their dreams of success. It threatens to tear the two apart. In the end, Mia and Sebastian must decide what is more important to them, a once-in-a-lifetime chance at love or a once-in-a-lifetime moment in the spotlight. You know, when you go through that synopsis, it seems like a very simple, yeah. straightforward story, right? I mean, so we watch a lot of Indian movies, you know, Bollywood films. These are not necessary. This is not a necessarily unique story. No. no. So let's just start with that let's just start with what we liked or what worked for us and so mina i want to i want to actually hear yours first because obviously you watched just it watched for it. the first time very recently <laughs> and very recently a few this... hours <laughs> a day before the rare podcast <laughs> so this is seven years after the movie has come out in contrast i watched it five times already yeah. So our perspectives are going to <laughs> totally be different. a little different, I, I think. So I'm just curious to hear from you first. Let's talk about what uh, what worked for you. What, uh, if any, what what worked for you from this movie? So I'll be honest. I wasn't drawn in by the plot. I said this is very again very typical romance movie. Whether it has a happy ending or not would have been the big question mark. And I think I was drawn in by the fact that I knew I already knew the ending okay so I knew how it's going to turn out but I wanted to see the journey as to how they got to that stage what, what is it that 
they couldn't uh, you know it didn't result into the ending that the audience would have liked um to me one is i'll i'll be honest uh, i love bollywood okay so i love my song and dance and breakout routine i love hollywood yeah. musicals i go to i live in london now i go to west end musicals absolutely enjoy them so a lot of people get put off by a oh, hollywood musical is not my thing that was definitely not a deterrent for me in fact i wanted to see how the modern day actors are actually performing and i saw a lot of criticism that people said oh ryan gosling and emma stone were not that great i really enjoyed them in the numbers in doing their whole song and dance routine so i liked for a fact that uh, they brought back the classic feel uh, it is shot in cinema scope i found mm-hmm. this movie to be aesthetically very pleasant very pleasing on the eyes uh, the whole yeah. the first scene itself is like on the freeway everybody gets on the top of their cars and starts dancing like you know you remind your west side story so i really yeah. enjoyed those bits to be very honest um from a story perspective i felt like the first half there wasn't much development it was really slow them meeting and them en- engaging in conversations i felt like nothing is going anywhere okay tell me what's happening next i was almost edgy come on you've got like just 2 hours for this film what is it that you want to pack in the last one hour why can't you just start progressing the story i thought the second half was stronger than the first half uh, and i really liked uh, the last scene a lot uh, in this movie so there were two scenes which stood out for me and we'll talk about them when we come to later but if you ask me honestly first half was slow second half picked up uh, overall nice would i watch yeah. it five times no uh, definitely not <laughs> uh, they're just not my thing honestly but uh would i watch specific scenes maybe uh or recommending it to people i would um so i would say it's a one time definitely nice watch uh, i enjoyed it and so this is actually a, a good example of why we're having this podcast because i feel like a lot of the times we're going to have different perspectives <laughs> which is <laughs> totally fine and i think that's important for people to realize. So, in my case, yes, I watched it five times, but I just watched this interview of Emma Stone yesterday. Uh and this was an interview from a few years ago. Mm. Um she said that she's watched the movie 9 times. Wow. And this is from an actor who and like most actors, you know, they don't like to watch their own exactly. work, right? Like yeah. once it's on screen because they get very conscious and it's like, uh, I don't want to see it, you know? Um but she <laughs> no, said this is a movie that she's watched 9 times compared to every other movie of hers that she's watched at the most probably twice. Okay. Um but she and... still watches her own movies and like, you know, I had uh, so Graham Norton's show is my favorite talk show uh which I mm-hmm. heard and Maggie Smith who plays McGonagall uh in Harry Potter movies and who is made her character of the uh Dowager Countess of famous in Downton Abbey. She says I haven't watched any of my series. So she said that openly <laughs> on the interview. She like I can't I just cannot do it. So pretty contrasting <laughs> the way actors are about their yeah. own work. No, even for Emma Stone, like she's not a person who really loves to watch her own movies, but it was to kind of highlight like how unique this was for her. And mm-hmm. a lot of it could have been just the movie making process itself. She would have enjoyed Correct. 
working with her co-stars and the director. I mean, this is her third collaboration with Ryan Gosling. And, I, and I'll tell you oh, straight off the bat okay. um, that Emma Stone is my all-time favorite Hollywood Actress. actress. Uh, so maybe there's a little bit of bias there, but uh, even otherwise, uh, when it comes to best pairs, like pairs with chemistry, like I can't think of too many pairs better than Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. And I, I'm just going to stick with Hollywood because, you know, different oh, countries, yeah, yeah. different course, pairs, of course, of course. it's all going to be different, but at least for Hollywood, there's just a very natural charm, um, a very natural chemistry between the two and... I think that's a huge part of why this movie worked for so many people. Um, and it's interesting you said the first half was slow for you. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you the first half was probably the, the my favorite part because <laughs> here's another thing listeners should know about me. And if you listen to a lot of our episodes down the road, you will get to know it eventually. Uh, but I consider myself a romantic, like almost like a hopeless romantic. Um, yeah. I'm a sucker for really <laughs> well-made romantic films. And right from, you know, the first scene, you know, at the end of the musical number where there's this kind of like the way that Ryan Gosling's character, Sebastian, and Emma Stone's character, Mia, like that first ever meeting, it actually starts with a race middle finger. <laughs> That's how they meet. That's their first ever time that they see each other. And right from that moment till that kiss in the planetarium right that's for me it was just about two characters falling in love two characters similar in hopes and ambition and kind of like stage of life where they're where they're at um but it was like a very simple romance like um and i loved that i it, it was kind of slow but it worked for me uh, and I guess it doesn't work for everyone, but for me, that was done so well. And and I think a large part of it was due to the chemistry between the two, but also, you know, the music, you know, the the songs, the lighting, the colors. Oh, beautiful. The colors and were beautiful. I think everything was so intentional. Uh, Very nice. From the director. I, so I felt like every frame uh, you could pick and frame it up in your house if you want it's like it's so mm -hmm. beautiful and picturesque and some of them were sets artificially made set right you can make out the hollywood the yeah. set etc but still it was there was so much uh vibrancy in the color combinations that it holds your attention and right. again no film works if it's just good to look at because gosling and stone translated into their characters so well in terms of their charm, in terms of their acting, in terms of how natural they feed off each other. I think that is what worked uh, works for the film, for the audience. Um, so the one scene where I found Gosling extremely charming and relatable, and I, and I like Ryan Gosling. By the way, I like Ryan Gosling since his small little role in Remember the Titans. Have you seen this movie? It's a sports movie. Denzel it's Washington. One of my favorite movies. Movie. I, yeah. Wait, he was in Remember the Titans? <laughs> Remember the Titans. Oh my god! I mean, I, I watched it many, many years ago. I still considered I, it one of like one of my, my favorite films, and I can't believe he was in it. <laughs> it was he was he's one of the uh, team members, uh, and uh, it, it's fantastic. Okay. I I love. Uh, I need to go see it again. <laughs> 
maybe it's one of the movies we cover benny i love remember the titans it's yeah. almost like a it was almost like my annual uh, you know like a pilgrimage or a ritual where you go watch it every yeah. year it's it's like that for me i i love it so much um so i love ryan gosling from then obviously i haven't watched all of his biography or his filmography but i've watched a few yeah um and i really liked him how charming he is in this movie and it's it's not very overt his character he's not very aggressive he's you know some it can be very over the top he's just like your next door guy he's such a passionate jazz pianist he's so passionate about what he loves uh yeah. he he brought it out to perfection uh so the scene that i loved is uh <laughs> emma emma's they're walking along they meet at the coffee shop and uh, he's they're walking along and emma says Oh I just uh, hate jazz and he's like he just stops <laughs> he just stops it's yeah. like uh, yeah. that's such a blanket statement what do you mean you hate jazz what do you what is it that you've not liked about it so she's like no i just like i don't like what i listen to <laughs> so yeah so general and he's so offended <laughs> and at that point i was thinking when do you really get offended when somebody doesn't like your favorite thing it's because if that person is beginning to mean something to you or you want the person to like what you like and then you want to convince them yeah. to like what you like so i think that was i don't know if it was intentional by the director but that sucked me in and then that whole scene where he's trying to take her to a club and explains to her what jazz is and you know and i found it so relatable uh, because you and i both love cricket i could actually relate <laughs> myself like this that if somebody tells me oh i hate test cricket no no how how can you like not like cricket so Yeah. For my close yeah. family when I got into cricket and when I was like growing up if somebody said this to me like I don't like cricket I'm like, I should like no hang on we need to have a chat because people have not explained to you what this is all about like he says you don't yeah. have the context behind it so I loved that I loved that scene and uh, uh, th- there was this um, line in it right he says uh, what is it it's it's compromise it's conflict every time there is yeah. something new happening and it's very very exciting i think that line could yeah. apply to any passion of yours uh, i i i yeah. could think of like test cricket immediately i mean this is how exactly i would describe it so i loved uh, i think it will stay amongst my favorite uh, scenes in in, in the, among I, I think um, i think that's that's a, that's a good point because you know we live in polarizing times right yeah. um there isn't always a gray area like either you're all for something or you're against it um and it extends to anything that people like in movies sports music it's like either a person is really good or they're really bad right like if you talk about a movie one person will say hey this was amazing one of the best movies i've ever seen another person will say oh it's overrated it's not that great um uh, there's no nuance there's no discussion of the finer yeah. points of it and that's one of the things i feel like this podcast uh we can explore that because again already we're seeing we don't necessarily agree on everything and that's totally Correct. fine and that's absolutely um, and think, that's the whole idea right that we, we yeah, of and, course what we love we love but what we don't we can find reasons why we don't like it we can accept why the other person may not have the same views and that's how it should be movies are very subjective absolutely and it's you know one person can see something beautiful and amazing and you don't know the context maybe it yeah. connects with something that they have experienced on a personal level exactly uh, something they've experienced a similar incident in their lives and somehow that really connects for them and then another person watches that same thing and 
they cannot identify with that. So it's like, yeah, okay, <laughs> nothing and, special about it. So, and I also think it's 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 the time that you watch. And I'll be honest, I think um, after I started watching Korean dramas in twenty twenty, I have begun to appreciate romance as a genre, romance stories a lot more, and. earlier and this is all like through my phase of bollywood and hollywood i like like the handful of romcom movies and for me now i appreciate that their story can be cliche and seriously how many new stories are you going to come up of people falling in love how many new stories and days <laughs> will you come up with so yeah. what matters to me is now have the actors delivered on their characters have i connected uh, with those characters have i understood why they are feeling what they are feeling so to me now it's all about the execution and the narration and how they bring it to the screen the plot can be thin i mean this plot is thin there is nothing great happening as such it's a very simple yeah, plot i agree mm-hmm. but how you execute it how you make it appealing to the audience how you hook the audience i think makes the difference um and i think the lala La land does it uh, yeah ultimately it's it's up to the skill of the the filmmakers and the actors right correct so like right off the bat Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone they have this inherent chemistry with each other uh if someone else had done it there is no guarantee that it would have we would have bought it like yeah it would have connected with us uh and second like you said it was a very simple story to people who are trying to achieve their passion in life um they have to choose between love and you know their career people deal with this issue every day <laughs> all over the world and Always. it has been explored in <laughs> movies tv shows plays you know you name it um so there's nothing unique about it but the way uh damien chazelle he captures this right with and we talked about it a little bit like the use of colors the use of lighting the the music the songs you know the location it's that's what filmmaking is all about you know telling a a timeless story in a in a very different way in a in a very unique way that can make you still like keep going back to it like i said there i i must watch it i i watched it five times but there are so many other people who have watched it multiple times as well and there's a reason uh why we keep going back to this because as simple and as very common as a story may be the way it has been presented through the acting and the direction and the music it just makes you want to keep going back to it so uh i think at the heart of it that's you know i actually made a note here um uh, saying that the combination of music and visuals contributes to a timeless classic feel to the movie yeah uh, and the and the thing is you know for us uh for people of our age shall i say um <laughs> you know we've grown up on some movies that people don't make anymore you know yeah. they don't make movies like Basically. those anymore not to sound like this you know grumpy old person but <laughs> it's very <laughs> or, or true or that or that we are sucked in nostalgia but that's a fact yeah, they don't yeah. make movies yeah yeah i like mean you know we grew up on like all these romantic films from like bollywood or regional film you know in india but also like when when you look at hollywood itself movies like these were probably not made after the 70s right mm. because after that became 
you know, in the eighties and nineties, it was all, it was all about the thrillers and the action movies. Actions, yeah. And then in the two thousands, we started with the superhero um, yeah. franchises. And, and a lot of reality, a realism based um, movies, mm-hmm. very serious, very gripping. Like an anti-hero. Yeah. Um, Gritty and films. that's yeah. fine. That's again, that's a genre. There's an audience for it. I also enjoy it. No, no question mm-hmm. about it. But yeah, what do you? I always say, what are you coming to the movies for? You're coming sometimes right. for escapism. You're coming because I don't want to see realism translate on my screen. I just want entertainment, yeah. or I just want to feel good romance. And um, I think that is where people miss out, or. Are, or probably not getting it right. Like not every movie can cater to everything that you want. You decide what you've come to the movie for. Uh, I I didn't go in. I saw some criticism that, oh, we didn't know much about his family. His character was not explored. No, the movie is about Seb and, uh, I I forget the last one's name. Uh, Mia. It's Seb and Mia, right? So it's about them. And the movie focuses on them. I don't need to know. Oh, the sister was only in the first part, five minutes. Then we don't know what happened to her. But I don't care. I don't want to know. I want to know what happened yeah. with Seb. And I want to know what happened with Mia. And does the movie tell me what happens with them? Yes, it does. It's it's like that. Look, if I want to criticize and pull apart, we will find many things to pull apart, right? But yeah. just try to focus on what you want from the movie. And does the movie deliver on it? Is that what the direct director promised you? Is that what the movie promises you? Yes, it does. And it delivers on its promise. So like I said, uh, there will be criticisms around it, but I went with expecting what I wanted and I got it. I mean, a good example of that is, so the scene in the planetarium, right? Yeah. Uh, Seb and Mia were watching this movie and it's it's like one of those high school romances or like teenage <laughs> romances, you know, like you're watching a movie, but not really watching the movie because your heart is beating fast, you know, your crush or whoever is sitting next to you. Um, And then, of course, something happens to the movie, like in the sense, like the reel or whatever, I guess there was an issue. So they they decide to go to the planetarium, which was seen in the movie. And and there's this moment in, in the planetarium where suddenly the movie transforms into this sort of magical, romantic kind of song yeah. right like they're kind yeah. of in flying in the air um and i remarked to my wife when we were watching it yesterday i said that moment is a culmination of everything that has happened till now it's like a payoff for now because till now the movie is very realistic right like it, it it's not like a fantasy film it's not a superhero film it's a very real film hmm. And now for the audience to buy the fact that suddenly these characters are dancing in the air, they're kind of floating, yeah. right? If it was not done well, it can take you out of it, right? You could feel like, wait a minute, what's happening? Why why are they suddenly yeah. <laughs> flying in the air? But the thing is, till that point, they have established that these two characters, they are in love with each other and they kind of know it, but they don't know for sure. Yeah. So you're willing to buy that moment. And not only that, it also taps into, and, and here's a romantic in me talking. Um, <laughs> when you're in love with someone, everything is magic. Okay. Uh, that's the kind of thing you visualize. Like when you're in love, like it's magical. Like, you know, everything is awesome. You know, everything is beautiful. Everything is amazing. And in that moment, that's just uh, an expression of their love. 
that it's just the two of them in the universe. It's like nothing else and no one else matters in that moment. They're just together, two lovers. They're together, they're dancing, you know, without a care in the world. And and then it drops back to reality where they're sitting and then they kiss. And that whole scene was an example of why, like a tiny example of why this movie clicked for me and probably so many others is it's it's a tribute to movies of old where when a romantic film was done, it was done with just keeping the two characters in mind, yeah, right? And also making you identify with those two characters. Like if, if you've ever been in love, those are the feelings that you had you know, when falling in love. And it was such a visual way of, you know, depicting that. And so that was one of the scenes that really worked for me and a scene that could have gone completely off the rails and people could have been like, uh, I don't know that I'm, I'm not saying it would have worked for everyone. I don't know. Did it work for you or do you no, feel it like so I was that just was... saying that you described okay. it far better than I enjoyed it on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Also, because again, the way you spoke about love being magical, feeling, etc. I'm, I think it's just my inherent nature how I've been. I've just been too grounded and practical and logical. And Amit, my husband, mm-hmm. always says that you're missing the emotional uh, quotient in your head at times <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to these things. You're like, he's like already your like logical next step, what to do. So it didn't connect with me like you described it. I think you described it much more <laughs> beautiful for me. Um, <laughs> But I got the gist of it. Uh, it's like, you know, in the feeling of when you're just about falling in love and everything is rosy, everything is beautiful, everything is hunky-dory, you're dreaming things together. So that yeah. was more about them dreaming to be together. And later on, the movie tells you how those dreams may not always work out, uh, which is what the movie is all about. Yeah. Yeah. So, and everybody dreams, honestly, when you're in love and naive and young and, you know, you just want everything to work out perfectly. Like, you'll have a great career, you'll have a great love life and you'll marry the person uh, of your dreams and you're going to spend the rest of your life with him. But life doesn't always uh, turn out like that. So yeah, I think it was, it was a nice, uh, uh, how do you say? Um, it showed the stages of falling in love uh, quite nicely. Uh, yeah, and the growth like, of their relationship, uh, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I, I used to say, I used to tell people, you know, when I was growing up watching um, Indian movies, right? Yeah. Um, Indian romantic movies, they, especially not now, definitely not now, but like probably the late 90s and the 2000s, um, the whole movie, about 95% of the movie is about the two characters falling in love. And the movie ends with always like, them getting over like a minor disagreement or even a major disagreement, but they, they fall in love, they get married, roll credits, right? But they never show what happens after. After marriage, exactly. <laughs> and we're growing up, I was like, oh, perfect. Once you get married, life is perfect. <laughs> that's the challenge. <laughs> yeah. The like, staying oh, together nev- for longer is the challenge. <laughs> Yeah, you never run into problems once you get married because then life is perfect. That's what I got from movies when I watched it as a kid. See, this is and... this is why you should never watch Bollywood romance, okay? Like, <laughs> Bollywood films fantasize romance so much. Whenever I was watching Bollywood films all the time, I was like, this doesn't happen in reality. Stop yeah. selling me this nonsense. I never bought into Bollywood romance. That's what I'm saying. So inherently, never read Mills and Boons. Inherently, never watched any romance films. 
whatever was there was Bollywood. And I was like, this doesn't happen in reality. Like, let's yeah. just be a little grounded about these things. <laughs> and I think that's, you know, kind of bringing it back to La La Land. I think that's one of the big successes of the film is they do a good job of showing, you know, those heady days, those heady yeah. romantic days, the days you fall in love. And there's this montage of, you know, like her quitting her job at the yeah. coffee shop and they're spending their time, you know, in the jazz club. club. But they're also yeah. like traveling, uh, kind of like going to all these touristy spots, just being like two people in love. You know, they show yeah. all those. And then, you know, the second half of the film. The reality hits. <laughs> reality hits. And, you know, hard choices have been made. Decisions have been made. Um and I like that they didn't shy away from that. And we'll talk about the ending because I feel like that deserves a little more time to kind more of break down the ending. But yeah. I want to say one thing, Benny. Uh, you know, um, if you see, and like I keep going back to Bollywood many times, is that even the angst or the conflicts become over the top. There has to be like some major deal yeah. breaker that happens and you know some misunderstanding or some over-the-top drama and that's how people separate actually in reality how much how many of us have drama in our lives we don't we lead pretty average lives i always kid with my husband i said look when we started dating and we told our families and there was like zero conflict everybody's like oh great oh nice then the next thing you know you were engaged the next thing you know you were married and i'm like there was no drama in our lives and he's like what do you want a drama in your life and i was like yeah. I said, can you look at the films? He's like, see, this is this is exactly what the films were. I thought this film, even their one argument, which is where you realize the rift is starting to come in, okay, where they are going to start rethinking and reassess it, that can we stay together while we are pursuing our dreams, is very natural. It's how it happens with most of the couples. It will be very organic. So that conflict also started coming in very organically. There was no melodrama around it which I liked. It could have easily gone over the top and they didn't do that. So I, I really like that. I'm glad you brought that up because that actually brings me to the only thing for me that didn't work. In the, film. <laughs> the only thing. Everything else worked for me. Because I, I get it. It's a movie. You need to introduce some sort of conflict, right? Otherwise, it's just one note. Exactly. It meanders along and just like, you're like, why did I watch this film? I mean, it was nice, but what else was there? They had to introduce a conflict, and so they introduced it in the form of John Legend's character, Keith, yeah. right? This is a person that Sebastian has played with, played music with before, and for some reason they split. And now Keith is giving him an opportunity, hey, why don't you come and play for my band? Uh, and this would essentially mean uh, Sebastian would have to make sacrifices in terms of abandoning his passion for the, you know, wanting to start a jazz club and all of that. True. Now, the whole way, now, when I say it like that, sure, that's a kind of a good conundrum to put the character in. I didn't necessarily like the way that they depicted it, though, because it didn't feel natural to me. It didn't feel organic to me. It, it felt like it was forced in because they needed a conflict between Mia and Sebastian eventually. Mm. Um, and I feel like, so for example, John Legend's character, Keith, um, he comes out as the bad guy in this. But when you look at it, he was trying to help out. Yeah, he's not. I didn't get that feeling at all. I think because we didn't get the background of the conflict behind them, right? They did, mm -hmm. The movie doesn't tell us why they have fallen apart and why yeah. he ignores him in the first place, right? But this, what I 
why that conflict was natural is because Seb overhears Emma speaking to her mother, trying to explain what he does. And financial security is a big thing for everyone, right? Yeah. And parents yeah. are going to be, it, I think it's a very natural way of the mother proding. The mother's not trying to put down her choice of her boyfriend. The mother is probably coming out of, well, you are struggling. If he's also struggling, how are you guys going to have a life? Yeah. One of you needs to have genuine, a job. Genuine concern. Genuine. This is a very genuine thing to happen. Yeah. It happens to 90% of the couples. And somewhere I felt that it was also about, was his male ego hurt that he doesn't have a stable job? And that's what I need to prioritize if I need to keep her and keep aside my passion. Yeah. So for me, all those things work because I'm like, yaar, this is what is happening with couples. Right. So for me, that worked. Uh, I understood where they are coming from. Otherwise, I no, I, I, I no, I agree. The 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 conflict between Mia and Sebastian completely got it. I think the way they brought that about was because the Keith character you're saying. Yeah, because yeah, remember yeah, okay, how fine. the whole conflict between how the conflict between Mia and Sebastian starts because Mia starts to resent, not necessarily resent, but she's. Disappointed that she's not able to spend as much time with Sebastian Correct. as before. And she feels, you know, in that fateful dinner that they have, yeah. she asks him, how long uh, is this tour going to be? And he's like, what yeah. do you mean? This is going to go on forever. This is it. Yeah. And she's like, wait a minute. I thought this was just temporary. Mm. And then he gets angry because he was like, you are the one who wanted <laughs> yeah. to do this. And it's this spiral of miscommunication and blaming each other. Words said in anger, words said. Uh, that comes from a place of hurt. It's all because of that fateful meeting, right? Meeting, like when yeah. he comes over to their table and says, "Hey, how are you, man?" and you know all that. And then that—that's what eventually leads to yeah. that call, um, where Mia is like, "Maybe he's offered you a job. Maybe you should consider it." And then he goes, yeah. even though he's not really interested. He's um, definitely not interested. It's not his music at all. Yeah, it's very clear. So he's just doing it for a living. Yeah, which is what most like... of us do. <laughs> we work for a living <laughs> to pay yeah, our bills. Yeah. <laughs> I just wish they had made it a little bit. I, I mean, honestly, if I knew how they could have made it better, I would be a director. But I'm not. Yeah. Um, but I just felt that just felt forced and kind of took me out a little bit. It just felt okay. Uh, everything is going good. The two characters are in love. Let's introduce a guy who's gonna kind of initiate this chain reaction where you know me and sebastian will eventually like split that part i didn't like but that did lead to that dinner uh conversation which i'll tell you that scene where mia and sebastian are having dinner and you know they kind of talk about like how sebastian is away a lot and mia is preparing for her the, the one woman show i've seen it five times this movie Every time I see, I can't, I can barely watch the scene because it's like, even like yesterday when me and my wife were watching, we were like, oh no, especially that last thing, mm. uh, which um, Sebastian says, like, what do you know? You're just an actress, actress. and you can see the pain on the in hurt her eyes. Yeah. in her eyes and she almost gives him another chance. She's like, are you kidding? And he says, no. And no. both me and my wife are like, oh, oh no, man. no, why <laughs> but, you double but down? The, 
Well, whatever, all right? I mean, it is, it's just, it's time to grow up, you know? I have a steady job, this is what I'm doing, and now all of a sudden, if you had these problems, I wish you would have said them earlier before I signed on the goddamn dotted line. I'm pointing out that you had a dream, that you followed, that you were sticking to. This is to. the dream. This is the dream. This is not Guys your dream. Guys like me work their whole lives to be in something that's successful, that people like, you know? I mean, I'm finally in something that 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 that, that people enjoy. Since when do you Just care I don't enjoy about it, being matter. liked? Why do you care so much about being liked? You're an actress. What are you talking about? <sighs> Maybe you disliked me when I was on my ass because it made you feel better about yourself. Are you kidding? No. Goof-ups that happen. You say words in oh, anger absolutely. which you don't mean, yeah. which to me is natural. This is what happens. You don't intend to it hurt was... the person, but it's just the way it comes yeah. out. Because you're not thinking straight when you're angry. Yeah. And, you know, for me, the, that part was fine. That part worked for me. It was just watching the two characters that you want them to end up together. And you're yeah. like, no, don't do this. No. You're, you're perfect for each other. And they're saying things that they would not normally say. It comes from a place of hurt. All because of that chain reaction yeah. <laughs> initiated by Keith. And so that's why I felt the bad part was forced. But inherent conflict between Mia and Sebastian at that stage of their lives, you know, that made sense for me. Because ultimately, what is the theme of the film? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's about two ambitious characters who are struggling to achieve their passion in life. They love each other, but it feels like there's a hurdle and they need to compromise on something yeah and in that case they had to make some hard choices and i and i think that's another thing that really identifies with a lot of people right like when do i compromise when do i put career about love career about yeah. family and i think that's one of the things that the movie does a really good job with is that they make that so you can identify with it yeah. and you feel <laughs> the weight of the consequences, um, the weight of those decisions. So, yeah. Also, uh, like I said, you know, Benny, the whole uh, scenes after that, that follow where uh, she go he can't make it for her play. Her play gets really bad reviews. She hears some bad comments. You know, she yeah. says, I'm giving up. This is not for me. And this is what we've done, right? We're like few people said, you're not good enough. And we decided we were not good enough and gave up on the dreams. This has happened to a lot of us. Yeah. I, it's no surprise. But I love the fact that despite them not being together, he still believes in her ability. Like from the start, then they meet. He tells her, you're a fantastic actress. You're going to blow people's mind away. They just have to see it. And when he gets that call, look, he could have not gone to her. They were not yeah. together. But yeah. he goes because he believes in her ability because he believes because this is what it is. When you are passionate about a dream of yours, you can see that passion in another person. If you may not be able to achieve yours, you at least want the other person to achieve because at least that would be some happiness or some satisfaction of somebody else has done and achieved their dream. So I think he sees yeah. that and he's like, I want to, I'm going to go to her. And he goes, right? He goes, he pursues her, he pesters her and then obviously it changes her life. It changes his too. Uh, which I thought is, I loved their conversation also on the hills when they sit after her audition is done. Mm. And yeah. I always feel, uh, obviously not all breakups are amicable, but I like the fact that you can make sense of your choices 
and you understand why you cannot be together and at the same time you don't have to hate the person you can still yeah. be happy about that it happened versus you know it shouldn't have happened you you always yeah. want that and, memory to stay with you and and that's the best part of this movie for me is that at at the end of the day it's a love story between these two characters who are vulnerable with each other they are able to share their dreams and fears with each yeah. other that's not always depicted well in movies and tv shows right it's always done in a more confrontational manner it's always Correct. like people just you, you can usually say who's in the right who's in the wrong but in this you you can't you you get you both can't. their sides and yeah, you absolutely. feel for them and you root for them and you're like don't do that don't say that you know like <laughs> that's you know there're not many characters like that today um in movies and so that that worked for me and uh and for the last part the last thing that really worked for me I'm going to leave it for later that is the final sequence oh, the you. final 10 minutes I love uh, the ending. We'll, we'll talk about <laughs> that uh I think but... it's my favorite part of the movie I loved the ending absolutely loved it <laughs> because I felt something see till 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 this whole stage of the movie I was enjoying their characters. I was not connected with them. You know like with with Korean dramas I get so invested that I'm almost I feel like I'm welling up, I'm crying. I'm not yeah. with the character. I wasn't with the character. I was just an audience enjoying the journey, but the last scene just connected. I I really loved it and we talked about it. <laughs> uh before we get to that was there anything else that you wanted to point out that didn't work or you know just No, no, like I said, like I said, right. I just found the first half a bit slow. I would have liked a little more pace. I would have liked to see. Uh, I felt that we got to see Mia's struggle. We didn't really get to see Seb's struggle. Uh, to be mm. very honest, I would have liked to see yeah. a little more of where Seb was hunting for his jobs or like what he was trying to do. He he had this passion to build a uh, buy a jazz club. How was he getting the money? Because in the first scene, he doesn't even have an insurance for his car. So. Uh, where were his savings coming from what was he doing i would have liked to see seb's side a bit more i think the focus was mia's struggle because we saw like six seven of her auditions uh we hardly yeah. got to see seb trying out his luck in just like two restaurants i think probably so i would yeah. have liked to see that i think that was a bit underplayed or it was left for the yeah. audience to imagine yeah no i think that's that's a fair thing uh because in the beginning they show him getting fired Yeah. Uh, from his uh gig of playing during christmas at this restaurant um but also you that, know we come to know why mia decided to be like wanted to be an actress where her love she tells a story about mm. her friend taking a i never yeah. got to know how sebla began loving jazz or maybe I, that scene would didn't stand out anywhere uh, because it no, was even the mia's final audition that puts her on a famous famous path is about yeah. her aunt and the alcoholism yeah. etc it's an emotional reason we never got that about seb and i'm not saying you have to but at least i should have known where his passion comes from he was so passionate about jazz i wanted to know where it came from right now and i have points. to give a, a shout out to my uh, to one of my closest buddies uh, because he is a big jazz fan and because mm-hmm. he's been he keeps talking about jazz and he tells us about the artists he love etc within the first 10 minutes i think there was a mention of miles davis and i went like oh i know this name i know this name because my friend talks about <laughs> him and i think 
he has a vinyl record of his and I was like I messaged him immediately I said you have seen La La Land he's like no I don't like Hollywood musicals I said no just watch this what? scene so I sent him the <laughs> Hi, I hate jazz scene to message I remembered you so much <laughs> talk well, about relatability <laughs> I know well let's talk about um, that last the ending the movie's ending yeah. right uh, and I'll tell you, the first time I watched this movie, I, I watched it with my wife and uh, a few other family members. And we went to watch it in the theater um, when it released. I can tell you at the end of the movie, I could hear sobbing. Yeah, I, I can in imagine theater. why. I welled up. I welled up as well. Like sobs. Um, and I was pretty emotional too. And I think my <laughs> wife even mentioned yesterday that she she shed a few tears too. And again, that's just down to the way they showed the ending, right? So let's talk about that. So what happens five years after Mia gets that lucky break, thanks to Sebastian's persistence in making sure she gets there for the audition, changes her life because she gets the role and apparently she makes it big. So five years later, uh, we see that she's a very successful movie star but she's married to some other guy who seems very nice. She nice, has a yeah. daughter. Yeah. And I remember that scene where she she walks into her house and she's like saying hi to someone. Yeah. For a split second, you think, oh, this is perfect. They ended up together and you see it's someone else. I remember my heart like, dropped. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, oh. But I knew yeah. the ending. So my shock element was lesser, to be very honest. <laughs> when I watched it for the first time, my heart dropped. I was like, no. Oh. Please don't do this. Um, and then, you know, so or, through a series of events, they end up at this club that ends up being Sebastian's club. It's called Seb's, which yeah. again was actually a suggestion of Mia's. Um, and the design, the the the, the apostrophe, design, the musical yeah, note hers. as the apostrophe. He keeps that. Yeah. So Seb- uh, Mia and her husband they they go sit and they watch. You know, like the musicians. Seb sees her. Mia sees uh, and then um, that whole moment of that between the yeah, two, that exchange between the two, there's just so much in that, right? Like yeah. when you talk about acting, like that's what it is. Acting is not always about words and like the physicality of it. And this is where I have a lot of issues with like many Indian movies that when you went in, in India, for instance, a lot of acting is how you wave your hands about how how you express yourself like in your face the the raised voices the you know the tears flowing and all of that it's it's very it's the opposite of that (laughs) you don't need that you don't need that for me for me it's always two things and that's what i've all my favorite actors have captivated me is the eyes and the Mm -hmm. voice you don't need dialogues. If I understand what you're trying to convey through your eyes, that's enough for me. That works. Th- th- those are the actors and, who hook me to the screen. It's and, you know, and as much as I say, like, yeah, a lot of Indian movies do that. There are examples within Indian movies where, like, Irfan, the, the late, oh, great Irfan Khan, was a great example favorite, of how you could act ever. with minimal. <laughs> minimal. Minimal dialogues Irfan needed. Uh, Irfan just is just the a eyes. And the expressions. And so... Just the class apart. I'm a sucker for those kind of performances. And in that Same. scene, like, I was just done. I was like, 
almost like forgot to breathe because it's these yeah. two characters. And both their guys, uh, both their eyes uh, have this, they start to well up very slightly, very slightly. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're shedding tears or anything. It's very slight emotional that you can see it's changing. And that is the moment I welled up and I was like, oh my God, imagine her shock that she's happy and sad. Sad that yeah. they didn't, they're not together, but happy that he's finally had his dream or his passion and he's doing what he's passionate yeah. about. It's in that beautiful. In, in that moment, you, you can see this, when their eyes catch each other, yeah. uh, it's a sense of w- what could have been, right? Yes. And then yes. almost to drive the point home, follows the sequence they show the which, whole. <laughs> which <Beautiful>. <laughs> in <laughs> equal parts makes me happy, but also kills me. Because yeah. it's like, what if? Like, let's see this alternate universe where they did end up together. Where when Keith yeah. came over, Sebastian was like, "Hey, no, I'll I'll talk to you later," and then yeah. you know everything works out for them. They're great. They're the ones who are married together with a child, and they show these sequences of them just celebrating like married life, just like the mundane yeah. stuff yeah. of like playing with their kid. It was so beautiful and also like heartbreaking at the same time. Yeah. And to top it off, the music, you know, the whole combination. That's a love theme, right? That's the whole yeah. theme that he plays for her. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like this, the music, the, the dancing and everything was just perfect. And then it ends with this kind of like it slows down. We get back to that room. Yeah. And the light. And then, and then it just pauses. It just stops. And you're just sitting there and you can feel what Mia is feeling and even yeah. what Seb is feeling. And you're just like, oh. This is so good, but it hurts at the it same hurts. time. And I'm so glad like they didn't show any dialogues or that they, I don't know whether they caught up later or whatever. And I'm sure they must have at some point just to catch up on their lives. But they kind of show that it's ended for them. Now there's closure. And maybe they hadn't moved on in those five years from each other. But now they can seeing that, okay, each has achieved his dream. And now they go back happy with, you know, you always need closure. And I think that yeah. scene tells you that when she turns around and smiles at him and he's, I wanted, I wanted to mention that because me and my, uh, so when me and my wife were watching it last night, I was telling her how in that moment that she walks with, she, she's yeah. leaving with her husband. Right. And Sebastian looks over, he sees them leaving and then he puts his, he turns his head back again. Yeah. And I was thinking, can you imagine if Mia had left without turning back? Yeah. It would have been depressing. <laughs> It would have been just like, oh, man, that sucks. Like, why couldn't they just, like, look at each other and smile? And I love the fact that they did because when she stops and she turns back and then Sebastian looks up and turns, they look at each other for a moment and then they smile, acknowledging that, yes, we made some sacrifices, but we are in a better place. And guess what? We still love each other, but just not like, you know, not every love needs to end up in a certain way. Correct. We're still rooting for each other, rooting for each other's success, and we're doing well, and and that's totally fine. That's how our yes, lives absolutely. are meant to be. And it was an example of a bittersweet ending, which was done perfectly. The perfect. I think. <laughs> I think it, it was very people crib about. Look, this this movie is also a bit about escapism in terms of how they have shown the colors and all the music and the dancing, etc. But the ending also brings you back to reality because that's what probably happens 90% of the times you don't always end up with your first love and you don't always have the perfect life but well uh, you've achieved your dreams and they're happy and what I think what 
the film gave a message that they could have been together and miserable uh they went to part and they're happy and i think that's what is more important also so yeah it's nice it's nice i think uh, the it's ending good... did it for me benny honestly i <laughs> if not for the ending i would have been a little bored <laughs> going to the motions <laughs> but, i think it uh, was i think it was a good message to end with you know people nice. can feel you know people who have gone through their own stories like their own love stories if it didn't work out yeah uh, i think a good example of this would be like the devdas story right um i'm not going to get into it for people who are not familiar not. with it but basically <laughs> it's what what a person can do when their love doesn't work out and it's an extreme yeah. example um but this was a good message like hey you're you know you may not have ended up with the person that you were in love with and it's it's fine if you are both successful you're both happy you went in different directions and you're fine that's correct That's, and you don't okay. have to hate each other i think that's yeah. very important uh, i i i like that dialogue where she tells him i'm always going to love you he says i will always love you because they leave with a lot of positive good feelings about each other remembering the good times rather than the misery uh, of the breakup yeah. or the fact that or drowning in misery for life that i couldn't be with the person i love i think i like that that they showed that you can be happy second time finding love and i think that's really nice and much needed honestly um so for me yeah the ending worked yeah if they would have ended together i would have been like oh another bollywood typical movie but <laughs> i actually liked the ending <laughs> yeah um uh, well we can keep going on and going on, on about and this on, yeah, movie <laughs> but uh what i want to do is we're going to talk about like some random like yeah points what i what i call what we will call going forward we're going to call it outtakes uh <laughs> this is the outtakes <laughs> section of the episode um i want to talk about just like random things that stood out for me or i noticed so uh one of the things that i noted um and you'll see this in other episodes that we'll do for other movies too i'm a big fan of side characters or secondary characters people who probably will appear for one scene yeah. but they make they they capture some sort of they, they make some sort of impression um and for me there were not too many because we talked about it this movie was It's heavily focused on these two characters um but. but for me one character that every time i watch this movie i'm always amused by um is the guy that mia meets at this party um where you know at that pool party where eventually she yeah. meets where she sees sebastian playing with that band um She comes to the party and her friend introduces her to this guy. I want you to meet my friend Carlo. Hi, Hi Carlo. Nice Mia. Yes. Hi. How are you? Carlo is a writer. Yeah, and she has a knack for world building. I mean, I got a lot of heat right now. There's a lot of buzz, people talking about me. She's exciting. And he works so hard and all that validation. I'm going to grab a drink. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Really nice to meet you. Within 10 seconds he's talking about himself like how he's getting heat he has some heat uh people are calling him the storyteller and I was like in 10 seconds they encapsulated this typical LA movie personality who thinks the world revolves around him and the actor was perfect he did like that's all he had he had like 10 to 15 seconds True. and he knocked it out of the park and I was just like I always admire people like that because you know this movie p- people will talk about it for years and years yeah. but it'll always be centered around Mia and Sebastian uh always. but for some 
character like that to come in and make a quick impression like that that was very impressive for me <laughs> i also liked um, seb's boss who fires him uh Jackie Simmons, yeah. <laughs> yes, I think he was like there for two minutes, but he was so good. I, I, yeah. I, I liked, I liked. He's like, no, and Seb is like desperate. It's Christmas, and you should. And he's like, yeah. no, the dialogues were just sharp <laughs> and to the point. Or it's like, <laughs> Seb, is, I like one more scene where she's also obviously he's caught to her when they meet the first time, and then she sees him at this party playing this. Yeah. she knows he doesn't enjoy the music he's playing and she requests i ran <laughs> he's so upset and he's like you know i'm a serious musician how dare you request i ran for me and she's like yeah. yes, so <laughs> you are at a party demanding songs i can demand anything so i i like the i like the little banter as well so yeah not many scenes are like for the supporting characters there aren't many who had big roles yeah, it was not that kind of movie too, yeah <laughs> but one dialogue and i i really like it because it's so matter of fact and it comes during conversation uh they're talking about they're roaming in the la studio right the universal studios whatever and sam as a matter of fact says well you know la uh, worships everything and values mm. nothing yep which is so true and you can just remove la out of it and you can add your office or you can add your employees or you can add your employer or you can add your car, any any situation and you're like man this fits in our life so much yeah, like he yeah. says it so casually and so upfront and uh, when i was going through like just casually running through trivia bits apparently his partner eva mendes said it to him and he picked it up from her oh. so it wasn't actually written he just remembered and said it and i'm like well that fits it's <laughs> a very good line Yeah. Very very good line. It's a very good line. Um so I'm also I like that. I'm also a big fan of scenes, right? Mm. There are movies that I dislike. There are movies that I just hate. They didn't work for me, but scenes will stick out with me. Like yeah. I may not rewatch a lot of movies, exception uh, La La Land. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> but I will always go on YouTube and watch like scenes that like stood out for yeah. me and I watched it like umpteen times. Uh and this movie is full of scenes that I would like watch again and again. And I mentioned a few of them, you know, the ending scene, but also like yeah. Sebastian and uh Mia's first meeting at that the, well the pro- first proper meeting at the pool party that whole banter that you mentioned like her requesting that song that he hated to play <laughs> and this kind of repertoire. Her expressions were really good. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> she I just think... didn't she knew it was going to piss him off and she yeah. just did it. <laughs> they and that whole scene was a great example of how the chemistry between the two of them right yeah. it was this casual banter like he yeah. comes later wearing the sunglasses with his guitar looking like a fool yeah. and he's like searching for her and that the exchange that they have where they kind of like yeah. make fun of each other it's like these guys don't know each other but they've instantly yeah. settled into this rhythm yeah. and it's like if i were if i was there at that party and i observed it i'd be like these guys are in love and don't even know it you know like that's the kind of <laughs> uh feel that i got but one scene i do want to mention um because that's w- one scene that we haven't talked about uh but one of many favorite scenes in the movie for me uh it's kind of sad uh but when mia does the one woman show right oh yeah yeah at the end the lights come on and there are like a handful of people eight or right? 10 people yeah most of them are her friends who are there to support Correct. her Sebastian is not there and they you know scattered applause and the camera pans to her face or uh, they cut to her face 3 seconds in 3 she doesn't say anything mm-hmm. but she emotes and I, i know you you kind of mentioned that uh, you didn't necessarily feel like this was oscar worthy performance from Emma Stone yeah. 
And yeah. I think that's a larger discussion because it we can talk, we can do an entire episode on like Oscar yeah. awards and do they actually give it to people who Correct. deserve it? <laughs> and to be very honest, I don't, I went through the list and I ha- I didn't, I have only seen Na- Natalie Portman's Jackie in trailers. I've not seen the whole movie. I didn't watch Meryl Streep's movie that she was nominated for at that point. But those two, for me, in general, are far superior actresses, I feel. So for, yeah. in terms of performance, I've enjoyed watching. So I was wondering, was this like a really Oscar-worthy yeah. performance? The, the, it was a great performance. Don't get me wrong. It's good. I enjoyed yeah. it. But would I give an award for it? I yeah. Yeah. Again, we'll talk about this in future. I'm definitely sure we'll talk yeah. about this in future episodes because a lot of the time, actors and directors will get awards for movies that they probably didn't deserve. But then on right. in other years where they would have done much better, they will not get it. So they will not just, get it exactly. It's sometimes just it feels like they just it. do it to balance things out more than anything Correct. else. But yeah, and that's fine. In this scene, though, does it I take feel away like, anything from her performance? By the way, yeah, yeah, it's not she that, was. I enjoyed it. There's no question about it. I mean, she took her role that was written for her and knocked it out of the park. I mean, that's all you can do as an actor, right? Exactly. <laughs> you can't do anything more or shouldn't do anything more. But that scene was perfect for me in that in three seconds, she captured feelings of hurt. She was hurt. You know, there are not many people. Uh, Sebastian yeah. was in there. and But at the same time, she's happy that at least a few people turned up. She, so she's acknowledging right. their applause in three in three seconds, her face goes through this whole range of emotions. You can see hurt, you can see pain, you can see a feeling of like gratitude for at least a few people turned up. And I think that for me was like she she just nodded out of the park in terms of acting, and it it, it kind of explains why she the her interaction with Sebastian if, when, once he eventually comes back. Um, but that that was one of the scenes that stood out for me as probably one of my favorite scenes among a bunch of favorite scenes from this movie. I have one more a bit, uh, Benny, because obviously I watched the movie yesterday. I didn't get time much to prepare and read up and what mm-hmm. was said about the movie. Um, the, the one thing I wanted to, I found a very interesting uh, post, uh, which was done. I don't know if it's an article or a blog, whatever, but it spoke about the colors of used in the mm. movie. And in what scenes. And I think we can share that in the episode notes with the uh, listeners. And yeah. we should probably go read, definitely. It was how beautiful in terms of blue is uh, fantasy, red is reality. And the last uh, scene is all about the purple landscape. The poster is the purple landscape. Purple dominates because purple is blue plus red. Uh, how you balance your fantasy dreams with your reality and i think that's what the movie talks about i thought that was really very nicely drawn out uh analogy i wouldn't have thought about it i don't have the creative i always keep saying i don't have the creative brain in my (laughs) cell in my brain um but that was really nice uh to read about so we can share that another thing that i eventually want to do hopefully uh would want to do is uh at a future date revisit this movie but uh, in, uh, in in an episode, Revis is moving an episode, but with a guest who probably has a lot of technical knowledge, because yeah. I want to really talk about the artistic choices by the, the filmmakers, right? Like the choice of lighting, the choice of colors, the choice of camera angles, all of that, um, because I'm not qualified enough no, to speak ne- about it. I feel I. like <laughs> I feel like we neither would miss out I. on a bunch of stuff <laughs> and talk about stuff that we don't know what we're talking about. Right. Uh, right. But I hope that we can 
eventually get someone on to talk about like the technical aspects of this film because I feel like there were just so many and we wouldn't do justice if we attempted to speak to it. Yeah. The other bit I think is uh, over of course when it released I think there was a lot of hype and love and you know critics praised it etc. I think over the years when people have watched it people have started to bring out the criticism around the movie in terms of why was a white guy saving a music mm. genre that is dominated by black people which is essentially theirs uh i don't know much of jazz history and yeah. i don't think i'm right to comment on it but i think that's a fair point uh, that the criticism came out uh, secondly was about representation there was no gay representation there was there was not enough representation of color and i get that where we are coming from but we are starting to politicize every movie every entertainment form everything that we see and i think we should cut people some slack uh my view was that this movie was about two people being in love and it could have been told to to white people being in love to black people being in love it was just about can we just forget that and focus on two people being in love and their challenges and their struggles uh, to achieve their dreams and if you focus on that it's a very nicely told tale uh, yeah and we can't keep criticizing every element and every aspect all movies will not be able to cover that uh, it set out to narrate a love story to people and i think it did that job well yeah honest. i mean i mean to that point like so i am so i'm an american citizen i am what people would consider a minority here right yeah. uh, i'm in of Indian descent. Now, if let's say if Mia's character was Indian or Indian American, yeah. right? Sure, I would feel quote unquote represented. But that changes the movie slightly. Because whenever there are two persons of different color or different race, there are other components to it. You you can't ignore it. The story, the they would have to adjust the character of yeah. Mia to make it seem authentic so for example an indian american actress going out on her own to la from nevada or some other state it's not happening trying to make it big there's a lot more parental and cultural exactly <laughs> uh, stigma for that which expands. you have to explore right so yeah it, you have to explore it, it takes it away from the main Correct. premise of the story so that's, you... that's my point too and i've i yeah. i am a big advocate of representation i really want to see things told from asian point of view or asked yeah. immigrant struggles everything but it's not like every movie will do it for you there will be movies right. which will focus on those aspects and i think you should praise those movies for doing the right thing but expecting every movie to do everything i think we're stretching it uh, honestly uh, yeah. so I, i get the criticism i just i just don't know if every movie warrants it <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, there I I don't think there will be too many movies out there which is loved by everyone um in yeah. the sense that there there aren't too many movies that people would not be able to find any holes in them. Correct. Right? You can if you view anything through the lens of certain things like in this case if you view it through the lens of representation, sure. It's not. If you view it through yeah. the lens of race, then you can criticize Gosling's character as being this white savior. Correct. But I feel like sometimes we just need to step back and enjoy the movie yeah, for what it is just for what rather it than is, always trying to point. find <laughs> correct correct what's lacking feel, in it. 
Yeah, like I feel like every time I go on Twitter or you know on social media and I type about something I loved, I'll get like ten. Oh, you know, you did not notice this. Oh, you did not notice mm-hmm. that. I did, but maybe it was okay and it's fine. Let me enjoy what I'm liking <laughs> about this and I show. Think, and, and it's I good think, to voice out. I'm again. I'm not saying yeah. there, are, there should not be voices of dissent and uh, calling out things that should have been covered and did. Absolutely fine. But at the same time, don't kill the joy of people who've liked for what it is. Um, so that's my yeah. Opinion. I mean, that's what I'm getting uh, at now. <laughs> I mean, to kind of wrap a bow around this yeah. that this topic, uh, yeah. I think we're fortunate to live in a time where there is definitely more representation. I mean, you Agreed. see movies Absolutely. that are purely comprised of like an Asian crew, for instance. Exactly. Uh, I mean, you, even if you take Indian, for instance, Indians in the U.S., Indian American yeah. representation, there are TV shows, there are movies just Wait, comprised yeah. of like lead uh, actors who are of uh, Indian descent, and yeah. it's the same African American. And it'll take um, time. Yeah, it, it'll, take it's time, time. it'll take time, and we're already there. Right. Is what I'm saying. And is it's that, good. What we're saying is yeah. good. So we should accept that change. So I'm. What I would say is you can't expect every movie to have everyone. <laughs> Correct. Exactly. Just it can't let, happen, right? Yeah. yeah. Just let movies Focus. breathe. Yeah, yeah. Just enjoy the movie for what it is. Um, exactly. But uh, I, I'll, I'll just stop there. But I, I also want to, you know, to give some context to the craze that this movie had. Uh, and not just the craze, but what the critical reception was when this movie com- came out. Uh so Rotten Tomatoes, the the whole the overall review sum- summary was that La La Land breathes new life into a bygone genre with thrillingly assured direction, powerful performances, and an irresistible excess of heart. Uh, the New York Times says that the movie succeeds both as a fizzy fantasy and a hard-headed fable, a romantic comedy and a showbiz melodrama, a work of sublime artifice and touching authenticity. So in a lot of like... Uh, hi-fi words, (laughs) you know, they're saying that this movie was a a great success. And I think even with all of the criticisms and commentary about what lacked, what was lacking in the movie, overall, this movie was well-received both commercially and critically, which is a pretty big deal. Uh, Because a lot of critic critic favorites don't always end up being like blockbusters or big success among the general audience. And the same thing that what general audience loves, typically critics don't love. So it's one of those movies that really succeeded. And so it really worked out for a lot of people. Uh, I also do want to add some general trivia before we wrap this up. So the original cast or the original leads for this uh, were supposed to be Miles Teller. I don't know if you know... Who Miles I know Miles is. Teller, Top Gun too. Okay. <laughs> yep, that's him. Uh, and he he was a part of Damien Chazelle's first movie as well, Whiplash. Yeah, um, I'm curious so he, now what what it's about. Uh, must check that out. Yeah, he, it's a very intense movie. It also stars J.K. Yeah. Simmons, who was the restaurant owner. In yeah, this film. I read that. I read that. Um, but he was the original uh, choice, and Emma Watson was originally the choice for Mia's character and me and my wife were talking about it yesterday and we were talking about how different this movie would have been if that was the yeah, case definitely no guarantee two very different people yeah the two different people younger so the the characters would have would have had to be written into 
like very early stage of their ambition, yes. right? Like, yes, yes. They would not have had the life experiences of Emma Stone's Mia and Ryan Gosling's Sebastian. So uh, Emma Watson was, uh, she opted for the role in Beauty and the Beast over La La Land. And fun fact is Ryan Gosling was offered the role of the Beast in Beauty and the Beast. But <laughs> oh, really? Turned, I'm so glad he didn't do yeah, it. <laughs> he turned that down for La La Land. And both movies would have been so different. <laughs> Oh my god, because, uh, I think so. I, I can't believe out. Emma. I can't believe Emma Watson gave up this movie for Beauty and the Beast. I'm sorry. I just cannot this. <laughs> I think everything worked out. I think the right uh, actors ended up. So I'm really happy. Um, like I mentioned earlier, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling are my favorite Hollywood pair. Uh, mm. This is the third time they've appeared together. The previous two being Crazy Stupid Love and Gangster Squad. Uh, this trip, you know what? My next recommendation on Prime after I finish this was Crazy Stupid Love, so I think I may check. It's that a out it's a fun movie. Point. It's obviously not to the level of a La La Land, but yeah, uh, it not. stars Steve Carell yeah. as well. It's a fun watch. Exactly, so I cast, enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really like Ryan Gosling in The Big Shot, which is not anything got to do with anything. It's it very different kind it's of movie. Financial but was... <laughs> satire. But I loved him. I loved him in that. I said his small role in Remember the Titans also, uh, I loved Now this piece of trivia, I feel like a lot of people know, but it's worth mentioning again. Uh, the scene where Mia is performing a crying scene uh, and the casting director is interrupted by an assistant. This is based on a true story. This is based on an incident that happened to Ryan Gosling when he was auditioning. <laughs> Uh, he was performing a crying scene in an audition and the casting director took a phone call during the audition talking about her lunch plans while he was crying. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> which it's, I would say my wife, like I, you know, it, we always like um, talk about the actors who've made it, right? Like the glamour, the wealth, you know, everyone loves them. But then on the other side, you have these actors before they became big, who were struggling with auditions struggling, yeah. and like waiting tables while waiting for their break. And I'm like, I could never do that. So I'll give them all credits to <laughs> for it making out. it through that. Yeah. Seriously. Um, the Ryan Gosling had to learn to play the piano. He had no prior experience and no hand yeah. models were used. Um, the opening pre John Legend said that he was jealous because he's been playing the piano since four and Ryan Gosling <laughs> mastered it in three months, <laughs> which hey, is very that's interesting. What, that's what they pay him the big bucks for. All you have exactly. to do is sit and practice piano yeah, for three exactly. months. Um, we didn't really talk about this sequence, but it's uh, it's worth mentioning. The opening pre credit sequence, you know, oh, it, yes. it's, it really grabs your attention from the first moment and... It was a first sequence to be shot. It was filmed on a closed off portion of two ramps leading to downtown LA. It was mm. filmed in a span of two days, required more than a hundred dancers. And the opening song was shot in the same freeway as the one featured in Speed. It's kind of like interesting. A, uh, <laughs> not necessarily related I they would to have anything done the, else, but yeah, I thought maybe they would have done the green room and then you know use the no, CGI, would, but apparently it, they did shoot it very good. Yeah, it, it was. I, I watched like a behind the scenes video for that one, and it's intense. Yeah, a lot of high stakes, a lot of high pressure involved, but they did it. It, it was not like it was an actual ramp 
you know, while there was traffic yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um, well done. Also in, uh, they announced earlier this year that the film would be adapted into a Broadway musical. So who knows, maybe they'll address the criticisms that were put yeah. against the movie. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe there'll be more representation. Yeah. Yeah. Because when, uh, I know when Harry Potter, uh, staged the play, uh, the cursed child, uh, yeah. the Hermione was an actress of color, which is great. Uh, yeah. So they would, they will change that, which is yeah. fine. Great. I would yeah. love that. Why not? Um, and the last piece of trivia that I have, I don't know if you've heard of this. Were you aware that La La Land is the shortest uh, Oscar award winner for best film? Yeah, for like two seconds. I saw the winner. <laughs> I saw the ceremony. <laughs> uh, so for people, who are, fiasco. <laughs> for people who are not aware, so during the Oscar <laughs> ceremony, the presenter, uh, actress I was there. Faye. <laughs> like I saw it live. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, the presenter, actress what Faye Dunaway, <laughs> she incorrectly announced that La La Land had won Best Picture, reading from the card that uh, the other presenter, actor Warren Beatty, opened, which was actually a duplicate of the Best Actress card for Emma Stone. <laughs> so after the cast and crew of La La Land took the stage, it took the show's producers more than two minutes, during which nearly three speeches were made to wow. fix the mistake. <laughs> uh, actual winner was Moonlight. I remember watching it. Um, I was like, when they presented the award, I was like, "La La Land." I mean, like, I love the movie. It's but, him. Uh, I don't yeah. think it was best film. And then when they announced it, uh, I I don't know if you saw the expressions on Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone's face. They were just like standing, like with <laughs> hands covering their mouth. Was like, "What is going on? This is so awkward and this is so awkward, terrible, so embarrassing." Really? Um, <laughs> How could they do this? So, so yeah. even though they didn't win Best Oscar, they kind of were winners for two winners minutes. Winners for like three minutes. So, two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. So, but... wrapping up, Benny, what's your final verdict for the <sighs> listeners? I think they already know what your verdict is. <laughs> yes. I don't think it's any surprise. Um, you know, I watched this movie five times, but I think it's fair to say that I will be catching up with Emma Stone soon enough. I think I will get to nine <laughs> or even ten times. Uh, in the next <laughs> few years, because it's one of those movies that I will keep going back to because it's very special for me and my wife. It's one of those few movies that both of us love, that both mm. of us, every time we watch together, we just talk about the movie. We talk about the performances, the artistic choices that the filmmakers have you know, done. So it's it's a very special movie for me because of that reason. And it's something that I know that we will be watching over and over again. <laughs> so... All that said, I, I think I would give it like 9.5 out of 10. Um, That's amazing. Because, like I said, I, I didn't really enjoy the whole keep portion of that film. Um, I think it kind of, it didn't make it as impactful, like the eventual conflict between Mia and Sebastian. I think they could have done it a different way and made it more organic. Uh, that part didn't click for me, but everything else... Uh, particularly uh, the part that you felt was a little lagging, but for me, it worked perfectly. Like that whole first half where the two characters just falling in love, for me, it just it just reminded me of like, you know, the times that <laughs> me falling in you love. You were in love. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just very, okay. um, it's just one of those things that, you know, like you kind of mentioned it in passing. We watch movies to, uh, we watch movies for different, many reasons, but, one of the main reasons is that we want to escape into this alternate universe, this alternate world where we want to leave everything in our lives behind, 
for a, for a little while. And for me, La La Land is that perfect movie where you can disappear into that universe and root for these two characters who yep. you know are destined or supposed to be meant for each other. And so in that respect, this movie achieved what it set out to do. So uh, nine out of 10 for me, uh, sorry, nine and a half out of 10 for me, and definitely That's a movie amazing. that I'll be watching several times uh, in the coming years. <laughs> okay. So um, not, I don't think La La Land will be even in my top five rom romance movies if I recall the list uh, of all time, etc. I don't yeah. think I'll keep going back to it. Um, as a one-time watch, I really enjoyed it. I would recommend viewers definitely. Uh, it's worth watching for the performances of Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. And just, like I said, it's so beautiful. Uh, aesthetically, it's so pleasing to your eyes. I, I, I enjoyed that aspect a lot. So a 7 out of 10 from me, simply because where I come from is from my own enjoyment levels, right? And my yeah, yeah. re-watching levels. Uh, it definitely one-time watch worth it. Well, I'm glad you took... If you're like me, who hasn't watched it, definitely watch it. I'm glad you took my recommendation and watched it. And uh, <laughs> you, you uh, again, like I, I'll, I'll, I will repeat this again. You don't, everyone doesn't need to have the same opinion about a movie. Like just no. because one person loves it, the other person is not mandated to love it as well. It, it's just no. nice to see the perspective, their perspective and understand, okay, why didn't it work for you? And yeah. Same thing worked for me. So it always leads to good conversations like it did in this uh, occasion. And that's what we plan to do in the coming yep. episodes, the different movies that we will talk about. Uh, we'll be talking about a bunch of movies from, uh, you know, India, from the US, hopefully Korean, because, you know, both of us Korean are big fans is. of uh, yes. Korean content. K-dramas. <laughs> uh, there's there's, so to our listeners, uh, please, uh, you know, give us a follow. You can follow us on our social media feeds. We'll include the, the links in our show notes. Uh, subscribe to the podcast for the latest episodes and uh, do spread the word about this show to your friends as well. I think it's uh, going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I always love chatting with Meenal about various topics, but especially when it comes to movies, I feel like we could go on and on like we did in this episode. Yeah, uh, I think it's been long. <laughs> yeah, so please, please do come back. And uh, if you have any suggestions for movies, please uh, drop a word. We love to explore new movies and talk about those. But uh, so we meet again. Uh, this has been your host, Benny. Meenal. And we'll see you at the next movie.